0: Welcome back to the Nationally Syndicated Price of Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. By the way, it's all of our business to take some time out, do some quality reading. We, we probably do. Uh, in fact, I've been told by someone from the New York Times, we're one of the most prolific uh, podcasts and radio shows for interviews with New York Times bestselling authors. I really believe that it's important to have meaning and quality of life beyond our work. Which is, And I love books, and so I do, do a lot with it. Recently, I got my hands on a great little book called A Christmas Memory by Richard Paul Evans. He's, I guess, this segment. The book is this, uh, frankly, one of the ones that you, you open it up, you look at it, and it's like you can't put it down from the minute you pick it up. Uh, I, I love books like that. Uh, just just by the, the aesthetics of it, the way it looks, makes it hard to put down. And then once you start reading, it's a great story. Hey, uh, Richard, welcome to the program. I'm so glad to have you on. Before we get into the book in depth, kind of give us a little bit of your story as an author, a little bit of background.
1: I I started writing um, thirty years ago. This this year, um, I I wrote my first story. It wasn't to be published. It was just for fun. It was called The Christmas Box. (laughs) Printed up copies, handed them out for Christmas, and they went viral. Within weeks, they'd been read hundreds of times. Then bookstores start calling with orders, and it went on to sell 8 million copies and become the number one book in the world. So that was The Christmas Box. That was 45 novels ago. This uh, Christmas Memory is my uh, 45th novel and may, in fact, be my favorite of all my books.
0: yes. Well, you know, if you talk to authors, musicians, it doesn't matter what, but they'll say, you know, if you ask them what's your favorite album, it's the one they most recently did. What's <laughs> your favorite book? What's your favorite book? The one that just came out uh, this week. you know, oh, yeah. So I get that. I've written a few books myself. I always like my, my newest one the most. But this is a really good book, very fresh, uh, uh, very interesting. Uh, talk about the, uh, you know, how your stories are made. And, and it, you know, your first book was on Christmas. Your last book is on Christmas. Is that uh, pretty ubiquitous in your themes? Or, or uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, they say dance with who brought you to the
1: dance. And so my first book was a Christmas story. A lot of your um, listeners are uh, right now, I've already seen the movie, the movie that was based on my story, uh, um, The Noel Diary. Um, it was made into a Netflix feature film. It was the number one movie in the world uh, the week after Thanksgiving. So it was it's huge. It was it was the top ten in ninety out of ninety three countries. But that was based on the Christmas story. It stars Justin Hartley and um, and director Charles Shire. So um, probably about probably a little over half my books are are Christmas themed. I I, I have a young adult series called Michael Vay, and I have a few other series I've written. But I love Christmas. Uh, and it's more than just writing a, a story that's about, you know, you don't, you don't want to get caught into it, the kind of the Christmas romance, rom com trap. Um, my books are much deeper than that. And even like Noel Diary, Justin Hartley said on the Today Show, he goes, like, this book, this book has a message that you could take Christmas out and it would be just as powerful. Um, a Christmas memory is based on my childhood. And so, um, you know, I appreciate what you said, you know, the book we worked on is our favorite, you know, the newest one is a favorite, but I don't always, I don't always say that. I don't, in fact, I have never said that. This one is different. This one is so personal. And when I wrote it, it was a, it was an odd experience because I was very, very sick. I had pneumonia and COVID last year at this time. And, um, I wasn't quite sure I was going to make it. I was that sick. I had stopped eating. I was losing weight like crazy and, and then um, this book started coming to me. And I got a notepad, and I wrote it laying down in bed and thinking it will probably never see the light of day. And it was months later when I started to recover that I started to read it, and it brought tears to my eyes. And I thought, this is the best thing I've ever written. So um, the story, this story is special to me.
0: Yeah. Sounds like you probably may have needed to put your book down, to about a year ago and worked on your memoir in light of how you were feeling <laughs> But I'm glad it worked out that you didn't need your memoir yet and uh, that you were able to finish your book. And I I wonder, because, you know, uh, my wife makes fun of me for things like man flu, and COVID is not man flu. That's really real stuff. I get really emotional when I'm sick, and I find it oddly inspirational. If I can write, I'd love to write when I'm sick, because it gets my mind off my sickness. and I, I find myself having emotional attachment to that during those times. I wonder if that played a role too, but the book is so powerful. It is the personal and it's almost like a friend talking to another friend about something they experienced, a real friend, not just casual. You know, that's a, I love what you said. It's like,
1: I think there is, I think you're right. I think, I think when you're that sick, all the guards go down and yeah, for a book to be successful and all my coaching to authors over the years, it's like, look, the book is a very personal experience. If you're writing for millions of people, you've already felt the first book I wrote, I wrote for my two little girls. That was it. And uh, 8 million people read it. So um, in in this case, it's like, I wasn't writing for anyone. Just, I was writing for myself. I wanted to capture it. And maybe it was, maybe it was like, I wanted to capture the story before I died. I, I mean, not to sound melodramatic, but I was, the pneumonia was worse than the COVID. The, co- the pneumonia was, um, bad enough. And I had a, a close friend who died of the exact same thing a month before. So I was aware that this was dangerous. Um, and so I was just in a headspace that it's like, man, I'm gonna have to get sick again to write a book this good. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I've never had COVID. I have had pneumonia before. And it was only walking pneumonia because uh, I wouldn't go to the hospital. I mean, I went to the doctor. He gave me a good regimen. He kind of recommended, like, I want to go to the hospital. He wasn't demanding about it. And I'm like, no, so we'll figure it out. But, man, that was incredibly difficult, hard to navigate. And I was so emotional off the chart. I, but, again, give me a head code and I'm emotional. I'll be, I'll be crying at a Phoenix <laughs> commercial. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, uh, uh, but this is this incredibly powerful story and as a reader of it, sitting with a friend is telling me something very intimate about himself, and uh, it lends so much power to the conversation. It's it's beautifully written. It's smart. Um, I I just really think it's very important uh, uh, reading, and, uh, you know, so so with that, you're one of those guests. I could go on way longer than what uh, your time permits, but uh, talk a little bit about is there like a thing besides Christmas that is, is common in your work, would you say, or an idea that's common in your work? Yeah, my my books
1: my books explore some some of the darkest things in human behavior and yet I'm I'm a very hopeful person. So they're not um if someone says, Oh, your books are sugar coated, they've never read them. It's like, no, actually, they're not. They're, um, I, they're getting to very, just like Noel Diary. they get to very deep subjects. And yet, um, I, I do believe we can be good. I, I want a book that, that we rise, that there's redemption. And that's certainly the case of this book. It, it is definitely a tearjerker, as Booklet says. It, um, it definitely evokes emotion. But, you know, I think it's a story for today. 1967 was a time of, of race wars in America, there were race riots, more than a hundred of them. It's very, there, it's it, culturally, it was a very similar time to today. And I think the book needed to come out at this time because it's a book about peace and and bridging gaps. Yeah, So very it's an important point very... go ahead. Well, as you know, it's about you know, it's about a young boy. It was during the time of my life when my family was disintegrating, and my mother was dealing with deep mental. Uh, illness. And it's about an old black man who became my friend who took care of this, this young white boy. And, um, you know, in a time when we look at, you know, you know, racial differences, it, it was really a matter of, of love that racism is more a matter of the heart than legislature. Um, I believe mm-hmm. it's like, if we had love, it would take, it would solve that. And in this case, this, this wonderful Mr. Foster, who's a real person, um, really, for care of me you know he he um, protected me in a, in a difficult time
0: yeah i, I love that and uh, you know and, and you raise a good point because uh, and that isn't to throw the towel uh, on uh, legislatures and legislation but to really recognize the limits of laws when it comes to dealing with racism <laughs> it's really limited and unfortunately often has the uh, potential of exasperating the issue rather than uh, Uh, making it better, it really comes down to individuals recognizing the unique value and worth and importance of every one of us, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their background, their preference, their religion, all kinds of things. And uh, that's a highly individual thing. And and I think that's what made your book so powerful because of that that individual nature of it. All right, I know we're playing beat the clock. I'd love to give you opportunities for, for final thoughts plus the best way to get your book.
1: It's, you can get it anywhere, Amazon, any of dot It's a, it's, a, it's number five on the New York Times bestseller list. So you know, go to your n- nearby store, and um, it's it's available everywhere. But I I hope you enjoy it. There's audio books. Um, I actually read the audio on this one. I don't like to do that. I don't often do it, but this one was so personal, I had to do it. So anyway, I hope I you What's know your- I hope you have a Merry Christmas, and I hope you enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's phenomenal. I really enjoy it, and I'm still reading it, got lots to, lots to go with it, but I really found it so engaging, and I, re- I found you a great guest. I appreciate the time with you, and I wish you a uh, Merry Christmas as well. And uh, my guest, Richard Paul Evans, New York Times best-selling author, the latest book, A Christmas Memory. I'm Kevin Price. More for you after this.